This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. You work hard in your career, and you deserve to know what it takes to get to the top. This is Everyday MBA, interviews with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all sharing their best techniques and tips that you won't learn in business school. This is the show that will help you take your career to the next level. And now, here's your host, Kevin Crane. I'm so pleased to welcome Lisa Magnuson to the show. Lisa is the Chief Corporate Sales Strategist at Topline Sales, and she's here to talk with us about her new book, The Top Seller Advantage, Powerful Strategies to Build Long-Term Executive Relationships. Lisa, welcome to Everyday MBA. I know it's important for high-level sales folks to reach the executive level of an organization, but it's not always an easy thing to do. What's one strategy that we can do to be more successful in reaching the C-suite? You are exactly right. Reaching the C-suite is not an easy thing to do. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a, a 2016 survey by the whale hunters that said that 49% of sellers said that getting into the executive level was one of their top three challenges. So half the salespeople out there feel like getting into the executive level is, is, is a, you know, one of their top challenges. So I, I think that you know, if we had to think of one thing, it would be a to work on getting a referral from your internal champion. That would be the one thing. And an internal champion is somebody, and I'm sure your listeners know this, but but somebody that could be your day-to-day contactor or maybe not, um, but somebody that really, really appreciates your 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 services, your products, and um, is, has an, you have an open dialogue with. They're, they're a supporter, a friend, and um, it's really important to cultivate that person because you have the greatest likelihood of getting into the C-suite if that person sponsors you in. Um, so that's the number one way is to be sponsored from within an executive's organization. The second way is a strong referral outside of the executive's uh, organization. And the statistics go way, way, way down in terms of success at, at, at getting an appointment from there. So having an internal champion is important. But what if your internal champion doesn't have that kind of influence with the C-suite? Is that the only way I can get? into the C-suite? It's not the only way. It's the best way, though. And I'll give you an example of one of my clients um, out of uh, their small company out of Boston, but they do big projects and they um, they have to get into the C-suite. And one of the things that they noticed is that they developed these great relationships with, with their internal champions. So they had people that would give them information, tell them about what was going on within the company, political shifts, you know, all kinds of great information. But they, the, the per, just, just as you said, that person wasn't necessarily reporting to the C-suite. Maybe they were two levels below. 
And, um, and, uh, so that wasn't a natural thing that that internal champion was thinking about was, was setting up a, a meeting between my client and, and their senior executives. Um, and so what we realized is that you actually need to be very purposeful and mindful about cultivating that internal champion and letting them know early that it's going to be really important for, for you or somebody else in your company to connect with the C-suite. And, but, but, you know, being sensitive that, that to the timing of that, the, how that would get done. But you basically start to warm them up to that notion early. And then you talk about how. Um, and so, you know, it could, there's lots of different ways to do it, even if they've never done it before. Um, but if you, if you get on the same page with them, you, 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 you set those expectations early and then you kind of jointly work out how that would occur. That can be very, very successful. And that is your best way to get to the C-suite. Okay. So now I've got my appointment with my executive decision maker. Can you tell me some of the do's and the don'ts that I should be aware of as I enter into that meeting? Inside of my book, at the end of most of the chapters, I interview a C-suite executive, all different types of C-suite executives, small companies, medium-sized companies, global companies. Um, and I ask them exactly that question. You know, why would you take an appointment with a salesperson? What would cause that appointment to be valuable to you and what would have to occur during that meeting for you to leave the door open to them for an additional meeting and they tell me and and you know that those interviews if you piece them all together they all have different answers different perspectives but there's some commonality that is 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 you know that threads throughout what they said what's the top do that you would recommend so the top do is you have got, you better learn, plan, and prepare for that meeting like you've never learned, planned, and prepared for a meeting before. You better come understanding that organization, understanding their struggles, understanding where they're going, understanding that executive specifically, their role, um, their 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 priorities, where where they see their risks. You you know you've got to do in-depth planning for that meeting and then once you have the meeting you've got to be the meeting has to be orchestrated in a way that's valuable to them and a number one don't because i think you'll probably ask me that i next. was just going to ask that what's your number one do not do <laughs> so do not do not under any circumstances almost every single executive mentioned this in some way in my interviews is take up more time than than what you have on their calendar as a matter of fact, what I recommend, and this is a, this can be a huge differentiator, end the meeting early. So if you have been able to book an hour meeting on the executive's calendar, end your meeting in 45 minutes. And it's the opposite of what most salespeople want to do, think about doing, or even in some cases do do. And, but if you do that, if you respect their time and you end that meeting early, they will remember and they are much more likelihood to grant you additional meetings. Hi, this is Dory Clark, author of Stand Out, How to Find Your Breakthrough Idea and Build a Following Around It. And you are listening to Everyday MBA with Kevin Crane. I'm so pleased that you're listening, and I hope you don't mind if I take just a moment to let you know a little bit more about me, Kevin Crane, and Crane Communications Group. I'm a writer, 
editor and marketing communications consultant, and I've been pleased to be the written voice of some of today's leading brands, all working to create compelling knowledge leadership content for the web, white papers, blogs, social media, you name it. And I'd love to talk with you too about how I can help and make a difference. To find out more, just visit cranegroup.com. That's C-R-A-I-N-E, cranegroup.com. Let's talk soon. You're listening to Everyday MBA. It's one thing to get a meeting with an executive decision maker, but another to build and maintain a fruitful relationship over time. And and you say there's a code that we can unlock that will help open the door to that ongoing interaction with senior leaders. What is that code and how can we break it? The short answer is that you ask, you know, it's one of the things, if you know going into that meeting, if one of your objectives going into that meeting through your your intense pre-call planning is to leave the door open, then probably one of the things that's gonna that you're gonna ask about is with the executive, what would be the appropriate ways that you would like to, you know, interact in the future? You know? What sometimes our company has executive to executive events. Would that be valuable to you? You know, we we have found it really successful when we have our ex- we have we set up joint ex- executive planning meetings for 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 the work we do with you, so we can we can evaluate what we've done and also think about the future and make sure we've got alignment. You know, was wh- that something that you would be interested in participating in? You know, you you ask. Because it's not just one answer, but if you know you want to leave that door open, then part of that dialogue is going to be about the best ways to leave the door open. Our guest today is Lisa Magnuson. Her book is The Top Seller Advantage, Powerful Strategies to Build Long-Term Executive Relationships. And you can get your copy at the Everyday MBA Bookstore at everyday-mba.com slash bookstore. Lisa you say it's important to cultivate relationships with the right executives and champions. What do you mean by that? Well, that actually that's that's probably one of the easiest steps in the executive, you know, cultivation and engagement process because it's usually pretty clear who has respons- executive responsibility for your products or services. Um, you know, if if you sell security solutions, then the chief information security officer is probably going to be the executive that you're going to need to speak with um, and so on and so on. So, so targeting who, and, and a lot of times it's not just one person. I mean, another statistic um, is uh, comes out of a, a 2016 CEB study. CEB is, is the group of companies that um, were studied to put together the book, The Challenger Sale, popular book. Many of your listeners, I'm sure, have read it. Um, but anyway, they said, you know, today it, uh, an average enterprise deal has 5.4 decision makers attached to it. Well, I would add to that statistic that that one of those, at least one of those, is going to be an executive, uh, an executive sponsor. I mean, the reason why there's so many decision makers attached to any pro, any you know enterprise deal is because the tolerance for risk is so low today that nobody wants to have all the responsibility of making a decision on their own. You know, they want to have other people in the boat. They want to have, you know, the executive sponsor needs to be behind it. Uh, Stakeholders need to be asked and, and, and have an opportunity to participate. 
So kind of determining, getting back to your question, Kevin, you know, determining who is usually pretty straightforward once you start digging in and doing your homework um, about about this account. And, you know, if you're targeting an executive, it's probably going to be one of your largest customers or one of your largest accounts. So it's worth it. It's worth it to do that kind of research. So you need to have an inside advocate, uh, a person that advocates for you and you need, sounds like you need to have a multiple prong strategy for perhaps different executives in different areas that you are wanting to cultivate relationships and ongoing relationships with. Should you develop those relationships outside of work or is this a strictly at work scenario? Well, that certainly depends on the executive. You know, some, some, and again, you're going to ask, you're going to learn, you're going to find out. There's lots of different ways to do that. You know, you can ask directly or you can talk to their executive assistant. You can find out what's happened in the past. Maybe there's been other relationships in your company in the past. Um, some executives are very open to, to executive type events, golf events, you know, really premier tickets to, to sporting events, that kind of thing that would happen outside of work, um, benchmarking, networking with, with other like executives. And, you know, I interviewed one executive for my book and he said, I already have all the friends I need. I don't need any more friends. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I mean, one of the executives described a typical day, which included Sunday. And it was, you know, 10 meetings, a couple conferences. He goes, I didn't even have time to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, it, it's, it's so kind of that rapport and, and asking for time outside of work. Um, you've got to really know that that executive is, is open to that kind of thing. All right. So I've had my meeting or I've had my meetings. Now what? You explore a number of post-meeting Momentum techniques is what I think you call them. And what's one of those momentum techniques that you feel is particularly important after I've had my meeting? Yeah, yeah, that, I, I, that's a great question. It's how do, how do you sort of, uh, you know, facilitate an engagement plan? And um, actually, I went out to about 15 um, leaders, field leaders, people that uh, lead salespeople, sales managers, um, business owners that, that sell and do and, and work with executives and have been successful at that. And I asked them, I asked them that question. I said, what do you do? How do you, how do, what are your strategies to, to leave the door open and, and to cultivate? And they all told me, and that's in the book too. Um, Everything that they said is, is, is captured in the book. But a couple that I like, uh, one of my clients uses weekly executive cards and it's just a discipline. Every single week he sends out a handwritten card to, it could be an executive uh, with one of his current clients. It could be a executive that he's worked with in the past. It could be a prospect, somebody that he's wanting to get to know. And maybe, you know, he, he had a, had, a, you know, they know of each other, but not, don't know well. The cards away to, to warm up. Um, and, uh, he just, that's a discipline for him that a card like that goes out every week. And when you add that up over time, that's a lot of touch points. That he's making with his with his you know executive um, audience. Hey, this is Butch Bella, author of Sales Management for Dummies, and you are listening to Everyday MBA with Kevin Crane. You know, folks, podcasting is really taking off. According to Edison Research, over one third of Americans now listen to podcasts on a regular basis. That's eighty nine million potential clients 
customers, and listeners. Is it time for you and your business to get into podcasting? I can help. I'm a podcast producer and media consultant, and I'd be pleased to explore how I can make a difference producing a podcast for you. Do you have happy customers? Let's interview them and have them tell your story. Do you have great subject matter experts? Let's create a show so they can reach a new audience worldwide. My podcasting services give voice to your success. Just go to cranegroup.com to find out more. That's C-R-A-I-N-E, cranegroup.com. I'm easy to find. Let's talk soon. You're listening to Everyday MBA. What is war room strategic planning and how does it help to maintain those key C-suite relationships? The concept of the war room is, is that there's a lot of sort of back room account team based work that, that should be done for all of uh, your largest opportunities and for your largest customers. And as I mentioned earlier, generally, those are the exact same accounts that you're going to want to cultivate an executive in. So your largest customers, you should have an executive sponsor. That is a person that you should or people that you should have a cultivation plan that is actively being worked by the account team over time. Prospects, same way. Um, and so so a war room is is really just the tools and the techniques and the methodologies that make up that account team-based planning work. So I'll give you an example. Um, actually, I'll give you a really great example. Um, one, of, one of my clients, this was a couple of years ago, they, 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 they spot the, the salesperson spotted an opportunity for their company, but the opportunity wasn't exact. It was just a little different than their normal opportunity, but she thought it was going to be really big. So she, she brought it to their, her manager and, and the VP of sales and said, Hey, you know, here's this kind of thing. It's a little different. We'd have to partner with this company outside of our company to pull it off. But I think there's something there. And, and so the VP of sales asked me to come in and just work with the team to decide if that opportunity should be pursued because um, these things can take years. Um, and so we engaged in kind of a war room strate- strategic planning type of session. So we did a SWAT and strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. But we did, we thought about the strengths from our perspective and also the customer's perspective. How would they view it? And then we also thought about it from a competitive perspective. So how would the customer view the competitive strengths and weaknesses? And we sort of did a lot of strategic planning around this opportunity to kind of decide if it was worth the time and the resources and, and, and the focus away from other opportunities to, to focus on this. And, and at the end of the day, we decided absolutely yes. Yes, it was. And long story short, I mean, that opportunity. So, so the team marched down and I actually ended up staying with them for, for all the way through, but the team marched down the path to go after this opportunity. It was a year and a half. Uh, included an RFI, an RFP, all kinds of ex- executive interactions. But that deal, once that deal was closed, that was worth $20 million to that, that, that team and that organization. It turns out it was one of the largest deals um, of its kind in the country. 
And so not only did they, was it just this great win, um, but they got all kinds of, of recognition throughout their company. And that, that client is still a client for them today. They've, they've expanded that client. They still have strong executive relationships there. They've just done a great job. So, um, that's what war room planning is. Super powerful. Today you hear a lot of people talking about ABS or account based selling. And that's really what that is. Well, Lisa, we've reached the action item round of the show. Could you please provide three quick action items that our listeners can do to take advantage of the ideas and advice in your book? The first is understand why. Why? Why would an executive want to meet with you? There's all kinds of reasons, but understand why. Then plan. So plan for that meeting. Do your research. Create an executive dossier. a pre-call plan once you secure the appointment plan make plans around your internal champion early so that they can sponsor you to the executive and third make sure you have your eye on keeping the door open i it's just astounding to me when a team gets to the c-suite and doesn't leave the door open flash forward a couple years they need to get back to that executive and the executive has no idea who they are and they have to start the whole process over again have you read the top seller advantage by lisa bangdison it's a powerful book with powerful strategies to build long-term executive relationships and if you're looking for an edge to land that big contract or keep your largest customers secure. You just got to check out The Top Seller Advantage by Lisa Magnuson. You can get your copy at the Everyday MBA Bookstore at everyday-mba.com slash bookstore. Lisa, it's been great speaking with you today. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, one last question. You've given us some great advice here today, but what was the best piece of advice that you ever received, and how has it shaped who you are? The thing I come back to time and time again is the old Stephen Covey, uh, you know, habits, seven habits book. Start with the end in mind. And that certainly applies to executive engagement. It applies to pre-call planning. It applies to so much. I, I, I come back to that concept all the time. Start with the end in mind. That's Lisa Magnuson. You can find her at toplinesales.com. Lisa, thanks a lot for being my guest today on Everyday MBA. Thank you, Kevin. That'll do it for this episode of Everyday MBA. Join me next time when I continue to talk with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all sharing their best techniques and tips that you won't learn in business school. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. This is Everyday MBA. Thanks for listening. You've just heard an incredible interview and you've received five actionable steps that you can put in motion today and for the rest of the week. But there's much more to come. Visit everyday-mba.com slash iTunes to subscribe and leave your rating and review for the show. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode and you'll be on your way to gaining the success you've dreamed of. We'll talk to you next time on Everyday MBA.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 